They're really rocking in Boston and Pittsburgh, PA. Deep in the heart of Texas and round the Frisco Bay. All right, we are back. Uh, joining us in this segment, as promised at the top of the show, is our good friend James Israel, the editor and publisher of the Humor Times, formerly known as the Comic Press News, currently celebrating its 16th anniversary, bringing people in the greater Sacramento area the America's best political cartoons. Welcome back, James. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, uh, 16 years, that's, uh, that's, that's quite remarkable. Yeah, sweet 16th. It's, uh, it's been a long ride, uh, Kind of makes me feel old to say 16 years, but... <laughs> Explain the, this deal about the Humor Times. You've changed the name, you're going to change the format, or how's that going to work? Format's basically the same, um, but uh, changed the name for several reasons. One is, I've gotten feedback through the years that uh, a lot of people just never picked it up because they saw a comic in the name, and that brought to mind to them was like uh, the Sunday Funnies. Well, we, we should emphasize, you guys are a long way from Family Circle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> to me, humor um, just encompasses more, you know, because uh, we do have other stuff in there besides cartoons, uh, notably Will Durst column. And uh, one thing we are adding is a little fake news section. Oh. Kind of similar to uh, the Onion newspaper, if your listeners are familiar with that. I'm, I'm sure they are. We've actually talked to an editor of, of, of the Onion on this show twice. So, yeah, uh -huh. I'm, sure, I'm sure people are tuned into the Onion. Pretty funny stuff. So a little, little of that kind of flavor. It's not their stuff. It's other stuff. Well, uh, now you're having an event. Uh, you mentioned Will Durst. Of course, we've had him on. Uh, he is America's foremost political comic. And it's great that you bring him, uh, I think, every, every month to the local area. Uh, you're having a, a benefit later this month? Not a benefit, but it's a party to celebrate our sweet 16th, and uh, it's at Maryland's nightclub there at uh, 908 K Street in Sacramento. And uh, it's Thursday the 26th, start 8 p.m., go till past midnight, and Will Durst is going to be there. Okay. And uh, he's going to do a set. Some people may not realize he's a live comedian as well as a uh, columnist. Right. And he's great. He's like the best political comic uh, so he's like our featured thing. And then uh, opening is going to be a local uh, comedy troupe called Free Hooch Comedy Troupe. Okay. And they're really good. And then uh, closing is going to be uh, a band, Mind X. They're great. They're uh, kind of a groove funk, psychedelic rock band or whatever. And All they're right. going to be playing a couple sets at the end of the night. A lot of our listeners uh, will want to come and celebrate with you. Uh, I guess that'll be three weeks from today. Yeah. And you can get uh, tickets in advance at our website, um, humortimes.com. All right. Well, no, again, no doubt a lot of people are going to want to come and party with y'all. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Hopefully uh, all your listeners will show up. <laughs> well, I hope they do, although you got a big enough venue. because we got a lot of people <laughs> listening, I'm sure. Well, it probably would be smart to get advance tickets. It does hold 300, but somewhat limited. Anyway, I just want to note also, uh, in passing, The Week magazine has a list of cartoonists of the year, some of the candidates here, and uh, looks like Lukovich, uh, Tom Toll, Steve Breen, Michael Ramirez. Uh, they don't all appear in the comic press news, but, uh, but certainly their, their ilk is what you, what you bring the public. Right, and uh, those are all deserving names. Um, 
I would add a few that are in in the uh, humor times. Okay. Such as uh, Steve Sack. He's uh, he's a favorite, my favorite in our paper. Uh, Tolls is great. He's I think the best. The only reason we don't have him is uh, the B has the rights to him, and um, if if the, you know if a major paper has the rights in a city, then no one else can get them. But they don't print them nearly enough. He's just awesome. Speaking of the B, yeah, they ran an article on uh, on the Comic Press Humor Times. That's in right. The scene section. Last yes, Tuesday. last last week. I'm sure a lot of people want to go pick that up. That's I'm sure on the B website. Or a couple Tuesdays ago. Yeah, it uh, should still be there. It was a really good article. All right, final note. Uh, just, just I don't know, final note of harmonic convergence. James, as we're talking about this, I'm looking down at this uh, this cartoon by Michael Ramirez. I realize he went to UC Irvine when I was in med school down there, and he actually illustrated a couple pieces that I did for the school newspapers. This is a very strange harmonic convergence. That's great. All right, well, James Israel, keep up the good work. We look forward to reading uh, your monthly publication and uh, and before that party in three weeks, maybe we can get to, maybe you can get uh, Durst to come on and talk a little bit about uh, about his work for you. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love to do that. So uh, remember Thursday, the 26th of April, at Maryland's. Hope to see you all there. And uh, the 16th anniversary issue is on the stands now. So check it out. All right, James. Always a pleasure. All right, thanks a lot. Sweet little 16, she's got the grown-up blues, tight dresses and lipstick, she's sporting high-heeled shoes, oh, but tomorrow morning, she'll have to change her trend, and be sweet 16, and back in class again, but they'll be rocking in All right, we have less than 10 minutes left in today's program, so let's, uh, let's do some science topics. Apparently, grills, the removable decorative metal frames that are snapped over teeth, can cause gum disease and tooth decay in left in the mouth for long periods. These are sometimes studded with jewels and were made popular by hip-hop artists. The American Dental Association advises wearers of grills to only do them for a few hours at a time and remove them before eating and brushing. The ADA also recommends chatting with your dentist before buying a grill. Yeah, well, good luck with that. And according to a study at New York's Beth Israel Medical Center, video games are making better future surgeons. Apparently, laparoscopic surgeons who play video games are better at their craft. Doctors who reported playing for hour-long sessions three times a week worked 27% faster and made 37% fewer errors than colleagues who had never played video games. Evidently, this correlation between video game scores and surgery test scores was direct. Evidently, the young surgeons who scored highest on Super Monkey Ball 2, Star Wars Racer Revenge, and Silent Scope also performed best in surgery. I'm glad that if my gallbladder needs to be taken out at some point in the future by laparoscopic surgery where they make a small slit, insert the fiber optic device, and snag your whole gallbladder for removal, I'm glad that, that process may be assisted by having played Super Monkey Ball 2. Also from the world of medicine, we have uh, the following. Waiting a few minutes after birth to clamp a newborn's umbilical cord could give him a vital boost during the first months of life, said a new Canadian study. When a baby is born, doctors usually clamp the umbilical cord immediately in the belief the extra blood from the mom will make the baby's blood too thick to flow easily. 
Well, I don't know. When I used to uh, to do deliveries and clamp those umbilical cords, I, it never occurred to me that mom's blood was going to make babies too thick. We just did it. But at any rate, uh, a study at McMaster's University showed that waiting two minutes to clamp the cord didn't cause a problem and, in fact, was very beneficial. The extra umbilical blood staved off anemia for the first six months of life, kept the new babies rosy-cheeked, active, and primed to learn, said study author Aline Hutton. It lasts quite a long period of time, and it's giving your baby a better start. And the folks over at NASA, uh, which is planning to go back to the moon, but noting that's a still a long way off, are thinking about an alternative, perhaps sending astronauts to an asteroid. This involves much the same technology as going to the moon, but in many respects is quite a bit easier. And it would evidently be cheaper than going to the moon because the mission would require less fuel. Well, we should go visit asteroids, and I hope we can uh, plan to start doing so sooner rather than later. I would like very much to see men walking on the surface of Mars before I check off this Earth. And speaking of Mars, scientists have spotted deep underground caves on the red planet. The Mars-orbiting Odyssey spacecraft has captured pictures of the openings of no less than seven caves on Mars' second largest volcano. The images suggest that the caverns are hundreds of feet deep and may lead to an underground cavern system where primitive forms of life might be insulated from the wildly fluctuating temperatures, dust storms, and radiation on the planet's surface. Some very cool stuff. Some cool stuff from the world of biology would be this item. Red-breasted nuthatches, which exist here in the forests of North America, have developed ways of distinguishing between the seemingly identical alarm calls of chickadees. This is the first time such subtle eavesdropping has been detected. Apparently the nuthatches tune... <laughs> I love that word, nuthatches. Tune into the alarm calls made by the black-capped chickadees when they're threatened by owls. Now to human beings, all chickadee alerts sound the same. But the nuthatches can tell whether the would-be predators are pygmy owls which also attack small birds like themselves, or the larger great horned owls, which do not. Evidently, this determination was made up at the University of Washington uh, when researchers took some recordings of these chickadees responding to the two owl types and noted that the nuthatches responded differently to the different alarm calls. They were far more agitated when they heard recordings of the pygmy owls and even mobbed the loudspeaker as if it were a predator. Researcher Christopher Templeton said that uh, the nuthatches probably pick up on fine-scale features in the chickadee call. Templeton said, quote, Our study shows just how much goes on in nature that we weren't aware of, unquote. And as regards this uh, this scandal over uh, the cat food being contaminated by um, evidently some tainted wheat gluten, I'm curious about the fact that uh, all these brands, various brands, were made in the same factories and were all contaminated, which makes you wonder, when you pay all that extra amount for premium canned cat food, are you really getting your money's worth? All right, here's an item that points out that the sea sponge may lead the way to cheaper solar cells. Marine sponges are uh, creatures which harvest silicon from seawater and use it to build the spiky filaments that cover their bodies. The usual methods of, uh, of making solar cells involve high temperature and very low pressure, which makes it very expensive. The researchers at UC Santa Barbara have noted uh, that um, 
that sea sponges naturally synthesize pristine layers of silica without benefit of such high temperatures or low pressures. They use an enzyme, silicatin, to catalyze the conversion of silicic acid in seawater into its silica spikes. And we bet if you check up with this in the next uh, few years, we're going to find they're going to make this work. And that does it for time. Our thanks to James Israel of the Comic Press News, now known as the Humor Times, and our Indiana correspondent, Jeremy Newton. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. On next week's program, we expect to speak with New York Times correspondent Chris Hedges about his new book, American Fascists, The Christian Right and the War on America. Chris Hedges was part of a team of reporters at the New York Times that won the 2002 Pulitzer Prize for its coverage of global terrorism. It promises to be a most fascinating interview, and we'll hopefully bring you that next week. We'll see you then.